With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Good evening, everybody. Today is March 17, 2022, and we're here with Chris tonight. Chris, you there? Yes, sir. All right. That means I made it over successfully. Um, don't be playing with the buttons on your phone. <laughs> um, so, you guys, uh, my name is Tad. Uh, I run the ro- website, youhavetheright.com. And if you guys can help support us by uh, getting a membership, uh, I do have some uh, valuable services there for you uh, regarding these calls, and it helps us to produce these calls so you can uh, get with Chris and ask all the questions that you need. So uh, tonight may be a short night because um, Chris has had some communication problems and his phone is probably getting real close to dying so we got to make this quick you guys so if you have any questions hit star six on your phone and i'll put you into the queue and then we'll call on you so to start with chris do you have any uh, lectures or lessons or anything you wanted to say uh don't let your routers get too old before you replace them all right uh, now we go to questions that's my major problem <laughs> All right, well. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, a lot of stuff's gone on. This, a lot of stuff's gone on this week. Uh, let's see. T- uh, tomorrow night at 9 o'clock, I'm going to be on with Rose777. Oops, sorry about that. Uh, okay, folks, if you have any questions, hit star six now. It'll go through now, so I apologize. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry about that. I was just going to say tomorrow night I'm going to be on Rose 777 2.0. Rose is uh, an administrator of, of of a kind there with the uh, uh, Crow Show and uh, a really interesting lady. I think she's going to interview me in a kind of a fashion like Crow did. Uh, so y'all are welcome to come on over there. Uh, another thing too, uh, if y'all would go on my channel and go in the playlist and watch the, uh, the video of the court of criminal appeals that happened last year. Uh, I got on there this morning and there was, I've had it in my playlist for, I don't know, less than a month, I think. And, uh, that is the argument, uh, of the brief that I wrote, the lady that's arguing it, uh, she argued in the Court of Criminal Appeals, and if you're interested in how that's going, that's basically what's going to be argued next month in the Supreme Court. Uh, I got on. I I met this lady a couple of weeks before I got out of prison. Uh, she came to the prison, and, and I informed her that she wasn't my attorney, and and that uh, she was actually. Uh, uh, I was going to charge her with identity theft when this was all over. 
Because that's what lawyers do when they don't have your power of attorney. When they act as if they're you without your permission, it's identity theft. I told her this, and I told her that, but if she was willing to argue it the way I wanted her to argue it, that I'd give her the power of attorney to do it. Uh, I sent her, a couple of weeks later, I sent her the brief that I wrote. She called me when I got home out of prison. And she said, yeah, she would do it. Uh, and that's what she argued. The argument that you ha- you'll hear her argue in the Court of Criminal Appeals is from the brief that I wrote. Uh, <clears throat> she might have ad-libbed a little bit, too, but for the, for the most part, that's it. And I told her in prison, I said, uh, I'm going to make you famous. And uh, she said, well, I don't want to be. I said, well, if you're going to usurp my power of attorney, I'm going to make you famous. And it's either going to be in a good way or a bad way. I'll leave that up to you. Uh, so uh, out of curiosity this morning when I woke up, I got on the uh, uh, on my channel there and I looked at that, and there was over 2,500 views. Uh, so go on there and blow that up if you all don't care to. Uh, it, it's also a little – it's off. An hour long, but it's real interesting. You'll understand what it is that's being argued, what's going to be argued next month. Uh, and uh, I looked at, so I went on the Tennessee court, uh, their TN court, uh, which is their YouTube web, their YouTube channel, and I got to looking at all the other videos that were made from the Court of Criminal Appeals, and I think the most is like 290 views or something like that. And I said, wow, you know, that's 2,500 views on this on this one here. Then I looked at the Supreme Court, how many views the Supreme Court had on their videos, and how uh, five or five or 600, I think, was the top. So uh, I, I kept my promise to her. I'm making her famous. <clears throat> but if y'all don't care, get on there and check it out if you want to. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't want to take an hour of your time if because time is valuable. And so I'm going to leave it at that and answer questions. All right, so if you have any questions, hit star six. Um, <clears throat> if you hit star six before it said Q and A, then it did not come through, so uh, you'll have to do it again. But after it said Q and A, if you hit star six, then you're in the queue. So go ahead and hit star six if you did it before then to put you in the queue. So. Uh, we go to area code 719 to start with. Hey, Chris. It's Christy McClendon in Colorado. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear hey. you. Um, got a question for you. Last, I think on the, one of the last um, um, videos that you did, you mentioned that the Treasury, after, they, after you send your um, claim of lien to the Treasury, that they notify the the people that you have the liens against, is that correct? They may or they may not. Uh, okay. Because, see, when you do a, a claim a lien on someone and you send that claim a lien to the Treasury, they're going to not take the money from your trust like they would if you were trying to buy a car or a house. They're going to take it from their trust. And correct. By, by doing that, uh, if they've got millions in there and you – if they've got $40 million in their trust and the Treasury goes in and gets three, uh, they may never know. They may The Treasury may never contact them and say, we took this money from your trust. Uh, 
that's why at uh, at first why we were doing the UCC ones and threes because by doing the UCC ones, uh, it, it went on their credit credit report immediately. Uh, okay. Once you file those, I mean, within a, less than a month, it'll show up on the credit report. Uh, yeah. But if if you want them to know that you that that they are being lame, uh, you know, because some people want to, hey. You did this to me, and now you're paying. See, uh, a, a little vengeance. Sometimes uh, vengeance is best served cold. Uh, but, and, I, and I'm all for that. If somebody screwed you over, I am all for letting them know they've been okay. You did me like this. Turnabout's fair play. Uh, so what you can do when you do the claim of lien and you have it notarized and you monetize the back. Uh, you'll send the wet signatures to the treasury, the wet signature claim of liens to the treasury. But you can also make a copy of that, uh, put it in a, another envelope, and mail it, certified mail, to the people that you're doing the claim of lien against, like okay. you did the conditional acceptance. And then, see, they're going to open that, and they're going to go, dang, uh, you know, th- maybe this conditional acceptance thing, I should have paid a little more attention to it. Because now, look, they created something against me. So if you okay. want somebody to know this is happening to them, send them a copy. When you get the green okay. card back, you'll know that they got it. My next question is um, the last CA that I just did, um, I did include the court, and I put the court docket number in there. So whenever I file the claim of lien, um, do I – is it just for the court or – do you have a separate one for the court docket number also? Does that make sense? Well, yeah. Well, the court docket number is inside the court, okay? Uh, okay. When you do the conditional accept, if you're going after, say, a uh, circuit court uh, because of some uh, legal action, there's going to be a judge uh-huh. that you're going to send a conditional acceptance to. Uh, there's going to be a prosecutor you'll send one to. There'll be a uh, clerk that you'll send one to, and you can even send one to the bailiff. Uh, they're all <laughs> officers of the tribunal. And if in the case where they force a, uh, an attorney on you, send one to him too. After uh, after the yeah, say you go into a, 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 a hearing, and it's a uh, it's a it's it's for. Uh, uh, you're, you're, you've been summoned. Say you've been summoned to the court yeah. or the tribunal, and you go in there the first time at the uh, at the arraignment or whatever, and you go in there and you're like, hey, you know, I'm here to challenge the jurisdiction and blah, 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 and all that other stuff, and they're trying to proceed without you, well, then you're going to write a conditional acceptance based on that uh, happening in the tribunal. And if they say, oh, we're going to put this lawyer on you, okay, well, I don't agree with that. No, he, no, you're not. And uh, But what's his name? Because you can send him one, too, especially if he asks. If he steps in and says, well, Your Honor, we're going to plead not guilty, well, he just usurped your power of attorney, uh, and he's stealing your identity. So you'd send him one, too. But see, all those characters that are wearing those hats, uh, you're going to get them in their human capacity, too. But you're okay. also going to get their principal, and their principal is the court. 
So when you do the conditional acceptance and everybody's served after the 10 days are up, you're going to do a claim a lien on the judge, the clerk, the, the prosecutor, the bailiff, this lawyer, and you're also going to do a claim a lien against the circuit court itself. That's okay. what you're saying. Okay. Well, do I have to do one for the docket number? Well, the docket number is the is the court. It's in the court. Okay, so that's what I thought. You're not really doing. You can mention the docket number in the in the conditional acceptance, but when you do the claim a lien, there's there isn't even no sense in doing that. Just do the okay. just do the 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 court. You know the circuit court or whatever sessions or chancellery, whatever, whichever one it is. That's the principle. Okay, good. And my last question, um, I am unfamiliar with bonds. Um, I know you talk about, you know, the, the million-dollar bonds um, or people, and that, that's just people that go to prison, correct? Or is it anybody that went to jail? Well, no, no. Uh, if, you, if, it's, if your issue is a, a court-type issue, there was penal bonds that were made. There's penal bonds. When you hear me talk about bonds, I'm either talking about penal bonds or I'm talking about these guys that have done the redemption process, manual, whatever stuff, and that what they're doing is they're having uh, bonds created. Those bonds are, are can be monetized. So and okay. that's what we'll do when we get the penal bonds back. We'll monetize them, and then we'll then that's when we'll get paid for them. And see. Well, the reason I'm asking is because my husband in his earlier years um, did go to jail. He did serve a little bit of time, but it wasn't anything, you know, like years and years. And so um, he, you know, he was saying, you know, can I get those bonds? But he doesn't know how to get those bonds. Well, if and you, you mentioned something was, about DTC. Huh? You mentioned something about DTC, and I didn't know what that was. That's the Depository Trust Company. So all, go on to their all, website? Uh, all securities go through the DTC. Uh, you can go, here's where you can get the penal bonds from. You can get them from the court of original jurisdiction or the court where they okay. were created from. You can do a okay. FOIA request to that court. Say, I need all the penal bond numbers related to this case uh, or, or this case number, blah, blah, blah. Now, if they refuse to give those to you, you can take that case number and and go to the the DTC and and get use a FOIA request to get the bond numbers from the DTC. That's your second okay. avenue of a. Uh, okay. But now, if your husband was charged and he was eleven twenty nine. Uh, when that 1129 probation or whatever was over, those bonds were matured so they were collected on. Uh, you can't go back and get them. Uh, if you do okay. a 10-year sentence in prison and you get out in six years on parole, well, four years later when that 10-year sentence is up, those bonds have matured, and whoever purchased those bonds are collecting on those bonds. But now what you can do if you can trace the bond numbers and get the bond numbers, you can go to the person or the corporation or the business entity that collected on those bonds and then hit them up for royalties. Why haven't you paid the royalties on the bonds? 
Okay. That would be about the only way you can kind of pay. You're not going to get the full amount, but if he was charged with five charges and there was $12 million on each charge, uh, he's got a pretty good royalty check coming with interest. Okay. Thank All you right. very much. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. Okay. Anonymous. You're next. Yeah, this is Arizona John. How you doing? Hey, what's going on? <laughs> hey, brother Chris. Well, I'm I'm fighting pneumonia or Queen Corona. I don't know which. But yeah. <clears throat> anyway, um, I had a couple of questions that I wanted to ask about. The trust actually belongs to us, and we're the beneficiary, correct? Well, the trust belongs to the to the government uh, until it matures. But you are the beneficiary of the trust. Right. And um, that question the last lady had, where you had claim, claim and lien monetized to Treasury, and then, you know, whether to notify the person or not, what if a person is a criminal thief but rich? Is is there any reason to notify such an individual of claim a lien? Uh, you don't have to yeah, you don't have to send them copies of the claim a lien. Uh I'm just saying that if if you're pissed off and you want the rich dude to know, I just hit you, buddy. Uh you're I just million dollars in the hole. Yeah, well, these jerks stole twenty million of my mine machinery and heavy equipment, and uh, the yeah. guys got money in the Grand Caymans and various other nefarious places. So, yeah, well, he's got a bunch of money in his trust that he doesn't know about, and that's where you're going to. You can hide all the all the money you think you got everywhere. You can't hide what the federal government's holding. Yeah, that would be turnaround. Would be fair play on that punch. Uh. With yeah. claim a lien, that would be uh, whether you notice that. <laughs> I I would just do it. That if he ever he he thinks he's smart, but he's not that smart. I don't think he'd ever figure it out. But that's one way I could get yeah. my money back from him. Uh, with the claim a lien process, what uh, what all forms do you need for that? Say that again. Okay, in the claim a lien process, what all forms do you need to file? And what, you know, like what, some designation of the form? Well, normally you'd file the claim of liens on the on the conditional acceptance. Okay. Send him a, collect, send him a conditional acceptance. Hey, man, you stole right. $20 million of my... Uh, if you can't meet the conditions... Well, then uh, you give me your power of attorney to create these liens against you. That's where you get the energy to, or the right, the lawful right to uh, to do these liens. You're contracting well, he, with these people. They're contracting to give you the power of attorney. He would never do it. He's a, he, he's yeah, a lawyer, and, and, and he would never give me power of attorney. He thinks he's perfect. John, John, they do it by default. 
Oh, okay. He will give you power of attorney because he doesn't answer the conditions. I see. Listen, folks, when you do this and when you read the conditional acceptance that you've got from me or from somebody that I've shared it with, you're going to read in there that they have to meet these conditions. If they don't meet every single one of these conditions in 10 days, they are contractually giving you their power of attorney. They don't have to send you a letter or some legal form typed up and notarized. Here's my power of attorney. They're giving it to you via the common law contract. All right. Okay, this sounds wonderful on that front. The other question I have is, uh, I have common law lien of $6 million on my property. It doesn't expire for 100 years. I also put a $2 million UCC-1 filing on my property that they illegally wish to foreclose on. And which one's best or is only the UCC the best? Well, the UCCs are good because they're universal. Look, folks, every country in the world is under the UCC. Oh, um, okay. That's what... That's why they're okay to. That's why they are okay to uh, to do. Uh, On my common law lien, it's notarized and recorded with the county recorder. Yeah. And I did you the UCC, the but the problem I have with UCC is it expires every four or five years, and I got to check the date on it. I probably have to renew it. Mm-hmm. Every five years, they're good. For five years. Five years, yeah. Yeah, they're good for five years. Uh, I think I did mine in 2017, so I'm up. Mm-hmm. But I'm when trying to send, do something. Yeah, when you guys send the claim a lien to the treasury with the contract, you you don't have to do anything other than that. But if you want them to know, send it to them certified mail. Send them a copy certified mail. If you want them to know, if you want everyone else to know, take your UCC-1 before you send it to the Treasury, or not your UCC-1, your claim a lien, take it to the courthouse, file it, and then go to the newspaper and run an ad in the newspaper for three weeks. (laughs) That's public notification of it. Wow. Okay, so do the UCC to do that. You know, so I could send the conditional acceptance uh, with the point of the contractual power of attorney if they don't respond to the Treasury Department with claim a lien, and then they would pay me. Mm Mm-hmm. Is it really that what simple? Do, when you do that, when you guys do that stuff uh, with the with the treasury, you say, "Well, and they pay me." Well, they're going to pay you. They're either going to send you a check, or they're going to send you, uh, or they're going to send it to your trust. If they send it to your trust, that's when you can write letters of credit. 
a lot of folks want to know, hey, man, can you send me a copy of the letter of credit? No. <laughs> I'm not even going to start talking about the letter of credit until people, until a bunch of people tell me, well, uh, it's 45 days is up, and I haven't heard nothing about my $100 million bond. Um, okay, now we're going to start learning about the letters of credit. Okay, will the Treasury notify? Let's just say the Treasury put twenty million into my account. Will they notify me that they did that? They're going to notify you when they haven't responded after forty-five days to the contract that you sent to the Treasury. Oh, okay. If you put in the contract, you have forty-five days to pay me twenty million dollars. My share, my sixty-five percent. Uh, you got 25 day, uh, uh, 45 days. Well, if they don't send you a check in 45 days, the only place they could have put it is in your trust. Now you know you're a secured party to your to your Social Security Statute Trust. Okay. But you become a secured party creditor to the trust when the 45 days is up and they didn't send you your $20 million. Well, I I have at least $20 million in my trust. Does that make any sense? Yes, sir, it does. I appreciate it. I It's clear to me now. The one other question I have is I'm going, I'm having to fight a county who if I don't show up, of course, they issue a bench warrant and put you in one of the cages. So what, and they have no jurisdiction over me. I've established that, and the judge said I ruled that I have jurisdiction over you, and the Pima County is a sovereign on your land, and Pima County is a dead fiction. And I we go round and round on this. They have no sovereignty. I'm the sovereign on my own land. Now, well, how right. do you have any suggestion how to talk to that judge? Well, if, if they can't, well, they can. But they haven't answered the challenge of jurisdiction when they say, I declare. I have jurisdiction. Because you can say, well, I declare you're an asshole. Yeah. Well, are you an asshole? <laughs> well, no. Okay, I'm not an asshole. Well, then you don't have jurisdiction either. You can't just declare some shit. Are you or are you not a public servant? If you're a public servant, how in the world can you declare that you have a jurisdiction over me? Yeah, I've asked for notarized proof of jurisdiction. Of course, you know that. I never got that. Sorry. Yeah, you're not going to. They just talk. It's all, this is what ticks me off about America. It's all presumption and assumption. And a mm-hmm. public servant can say anything, and it isn't a lie. And more than likely, they're yeah. all lying. And yeah. and I, I have never told them a lie. When I talk to them about the Constitution or the rights of an hey, American John? state national. John, we got people waiting. Okay. All right. All right, John. Thank Good you. Good talk to you, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, okay. Um... England, we'll go to England. Two seven zero, go ahead. Hi, Chris. How are you, hon? Hi, how are you? 
I'm doing all right. Okay, I have got two quick questions. Um, one statement. Uh, Staples and Office Depot um, have pulled all 1099s from their shelves. They have been required to and send them back to the manufacturer. Um, nobody else is allowed to sell them, uh, period, even if you go to, to a business supply store. I was informed by my local business supply that you can take, she showed me, um, that you can take a 1099 miscellaneous form and use it in place of a 1099A, 1099B, C, and a 2. Um, But I don't know how to do that. And I've been racking my brain, and I I didn't want to bother you on that one. Um, But I can't get it figured out. You can't figure out the you can't figure out the, the how to use the miscellaneous as a 1099A and do we, do our market is corrected and put an A beside the miscellaneous um, because there is no how a 1099A the format is set out it's not the same on a miscellaneous and it doesn't even give you the same boxes uh, or options. Yeah. You think you you want to know how it how it uh Yes, please. How can we how can we how utilize you, a ten ninety nine miscellaneous and convert it to a ten ninety nine A? Uh and if you want to send me that in an I in an email the, format. I pulled up the I pulled up the uh the uh uh in in the NEC. My bad, hold on a second. Okay. Miscellaneous. I don't know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to look at it right now, but I'm I'm parked on the side of the road uh, down by the river in cell phone service where I so I can stop Bless and, your heart. you know be in range here. I don't know. Well, if to, you I'd want me to, if you want me to, if you want me to drop pad my email and you can like respond like the instructions, I'm gladly okay with that because I know that there are people waiting. Okay. A lot of times, a lot of times when you guys look in the instructions, it'll show you that. Uh, uh, here's here's a, here's a question I've got. Has anybody uh, got the the 1099As? from Staples and can explain what they look like? Do they have the, the B, and, uh, B and C copies? Staples, from when I went to Staples yeah, and Office Depot. Yeah, you go to like Office Depot and get them. You know? Um, Do they have the, the B I, and C? Uh, they did on their website. It shows that they did, um, but when I called around, I can't order from their website on either. Um, and in stores, when I called in stores, I called a couple in Tennessee and I called a couple in Kentucky, and I was informed by all places that they had been uh, they had been instructed to pull all of their 1099A forms from the shelves and send them back to the IRS. That's amazing. Okay. That is crazy, isn't it? Hey, yep. If they're doing that, if they're discontinuing the 1099As, uh, are they doing it uh, because they know we can use them, or or 
What did y'all say? My gut says yes. My gut says yes. We've made too too much too much noise. Or yeah. or it's the end of the year and they're no, no longer usable. They were replacing them with 2022. Well, I yeah. thought that too, but all of the business yeah, supply fine, stores. Be, be, mm-hmm, go ahead. Did you find out if they if they were getting uh, more or? I did ask because I own a business, so I'm actually trying to utilize everything under my business name. No, the 2022s will not be available until October the 1st. Okay, then you should be able to use 2021s until October the 1st. Correct, but the IRS has has ordered them to pull them off. Yeah. The the 21s? Yes. Yes, sir. Interesting. That is. It's very interesting. Uh, I mean, if they're not going to use the 22s until, uh, you know, October, uh, then you'd be able to use the 21s until then. Everybody can find them. Yeah, that's Um, Yeah, I thought so, too. The first thing I thought of is, is too many people are aware now. Um, second question, actually, this is like a two and one, um, say somebody has went to court and they are paying back on a fine. Um, they want to know like if, if they're ordered to pay back this much, do they use a 1099A or do they use a 1099C? You can't use a 1099C. The 1099Cs are for, are, for, are for financial institutions. Uh, the only reason I talk about them briefly in the 1099A, 1099C video is mm-hmm. because both of those 1099As share the same instruction manual. Okay? They do, and the 1099C uh, really, is only for cancellation of debt, correct? Yeah. Yeah. 1099Cs are usually used in bankruptcy and and financial institutions, banks and credit unions and things like that. And, and okay. what I what I suggest if you're trying to get your mortgage canceled or your your uh, your car loan canceled, to call them and say, hey, you know, I'm the beneficiary. Hey, do you do you all have my social security number down there? Oh yeah, yeah, we do. Okay, then this is the trust action we're talking about here. And I was just wondering, uh, uh, or, or I'm, I'm requiring, uh, don't request, require. Uh, kings, kings and queens require their servants to do stuff, not request. Uh, uh, I, requ- I, I require that you cancel this debt with a 1099C. Uh, they may say, okay, we can do that. Uh, I've heard uh, some people say that once you cancel it with the 1099C, well, then they're going to hold you. They're going to tax you on that, whatever the amount was that was canceled, that they're going to tax you on. But we got something for taxes. Uh, Sure, go ahead, whatever you got to do, because the trust, I'm about to make the trust pay the taxes. So... Some of some banks will do that, and and they will definitely do it uh, if you're in bankruptcy. 
Uh, that's how. Okay. That's why when you file bankruptcy, all your creditors are happy. They know they're about to get paid with the 1099C. <laughs> but anytime I understand. You're going to just anytime you're going to just hand a 1099 to someone to to pay for something, uh, pay. Uh, you know, I'm going to pay for this this uh, these court cost fines and fees. Uh, then you're going to hand them a 1099A. Uh, okay. They're going now, if, if they... If, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, last question real quick. Um, if we order, okay. if we can find the 1099As online, um, but they're not carbon copied, can we place, can we buy our own carbon paper and place it in there? Well, the, the, the 1099s, they're not, they're not carbon, so to speak. Okay. Uh, I think there's just chemicals on the back side of them that that colorize the other the other copies. Uh, okay. I don't, I, I don't I don't recall there being actual black carbon paper in between. Them. They could. Okay. So when you say on. carbon copy, it's just the three together. Yeah, it's just the three together. Uh, they, they, there's a process they do now where they can. I don't know if it's a chemical they put on the back of the paper that makes it adhere to the to the top and the front. I'm not quite sure okay. about that. I'll have to look at I'll have to look at the twenty 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 one I've got. I've got a handful of twenty twenty ones and twenty twenty two that I've been saving for my prisoner buddies as soon as these bonds come through. But look, folks, uh, if they're going to do something like this, believe me, I'm mm-hmm. going to figure this out within the next six months, what it is we can do. Uh, because public law 73-10 says they got to pay. All we got to do is figure out how to get them to do it. Uh, okay. You know, if it's writing IOUs, you know, or, or, or negative IOUs or something, uh, we'll figure it out. Uh, but if they're going to come out again in, in October with 2022s, they're not going to discon- they're not discontinuing the 1099A. <laughs> I agree. Want people to send it back because because a, t- a 21 is is good until the 31st. And yeah, they could be pulling them back because they know what we're doing. I don't uh uh yeah, somebody just messaged me saying Staples has never carried uh, the 1099A. They've never carried them. So they they may be the... Uh, I've, I've seen a lot of folks talk about the 1099A that doesn't have copy B and copy C. Uh, but they are colorized with... Uh, okay. Apparently the, 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 the red ink that they use on them is is some kind of magnetic ink, uh, okay. and that's why you you have to use those. But yeah, that's okay. kind of strange. Yeah, well, I yield. That's all my questions for today. Thank you so much, and I do have some coming. Um, so, Chad, I've got you, and I'll send you my email, and Chris can answer my other question. Yeah. Thank well, you people, so much. I, yield, I yield. All right, thank People you. are getting them. I'm getting uh, 
about a dozen messages a day. Uh, uh, people uh, saying that they got him, and uh, and then people on on in the Facebook groups are commenting, "I got mine today," and uh, someone said they ordered some just a couple of days ago, and they were told uh, when they ordered them that they should receive them in about ten days. So, yeah, that's kind of strange. Okay. So unless they might they might not be per, they might not let these office depots and stuff provide these things anymore. They may you may solely have to get these things from the IRS. Who knows? We'll find out soon though. Yeah. All right, eight one three area code. You're next. Go ahead. Oh, super. Can you hear me? This is Diana in Florida. Yes we can. Awesome. Um, yeah, I just have two quick questions uh, for clarity. Um, the first one is uh, when filing the paperwork as the trustee, um, do I fill out a separate 1096 for the 1099A and a separate 1096 for the corresponding OID? No, you don't have to. You can put them both on the same. On the same well, the reason I'm asking is because in your example right. video, um, you put both forms on just the 1096, but the instructions for box six on the 1096 yeah. say to enter an X into only one yeah. box below to indicate the type of form being filed. Yeah. That's why I wanted to clarify yeah, it. Look, yeah, I got you. Uh, I understand. Uh, other folks have made that same comment. Uh, and here's here's what I would say. If you want to do one for each, go ahead. Uh, okay. I, I, I don't think they're not going to accept it if you don't. Uh all I know is, is in 2015 and 16 when we were doing these, we did them with two boxes checked, and they took them. Okay. Uh, they took them without a problem. Uh, but, yeah, if you guys want to do, the, do that, do them separately, I'm sure they're not going to do – they're not going to slap your hand or put you in prison because you, used, you, used, you, you went by their direction. Okay. Yeah, and the other real short question is um, – in your example of the OIED in your video, you had put the year uh, 2022, but my question is, should I have the same year in the OIED, or I'm, I'm sorry, on the 1096 that corresponds with the OIED? Should they all be the same no. year, like 2021? No, they don't, because see, if you get a, uh, think about it this way, if, at the end of December, uh, you got a 1099A. Right, and then, but in January mm-hmm. you did the paperwork. Uh, you would have a 1099A that would have a a 21. Well, even though the transaction that were that's coming up that that I'm doing with somebody as the trustee, um, the trans the the um, the invoice number is going to be for 2022. So um, is that going to mess things up using a 2021? 1099A? No, it's, no, no, it shouldn't. Okay. What's all right, that's all I have. I just wanted to make sure because I, you know, I want to make sure the forms go in and, and have, because I'm going to document all of this so that people can see everything step by step. So yeah, I want yeah. to make sure, you know, I get that's, it all that's right. That's great. So. That's fantastic. Okay. Because, yeah, my, everyone I'm talking to about it, they're real excited about it, but they want to see proof, so I'm going to document everything. So thank you. So much. Yeah, that's the best <laughs> way to do it. Thank you. Bless you. All right, thanks. 
Okay. Four seven nine, you're next. Okay, I have a uh, question for when we've sent in the uh or we've done a CA on say a members of a court, uh we have a new judge in the case. Uh do I send him a modified contract or how should I approach that? Yeah, you can send him a modified contract. Just add him in add him into the conditional acceptance that you sent. That should be real easy. Add him into the conditional acceptance that you sent and then send that conditional acceptance uh send that back to the, the, the two attorney generals. Okay? Yeah. Uh-huh. So you did a conditional acceptance, and all of a sudden, and you did all the paperwork, and you sent it off. Now all of a sudden, they're putting a new judge in there, and I wouldn't be surprised uh, because what they're trying to do is say, well, he did a conditional acceptance, so let's just change judges on him and see if he'll play. Well, when you get this yeah. other judge, you're going to go, whoopsie, I guess we can't do that. Uh, so what you're going to do is you're going to modify the conditional acceptance, change the date, Give him 10 days, too, and then send uh, two copies of the conditional acceptance, wet signature copies, to the two attorney generals. Okay. And then what you can do is you can take that conditional acceptance, if you still got the other one around, or when you write it, when you send it to the contract uh, the, or to the treasury, you can, let's say you already sent the, your, your, lien, your lien securities, and your assignment to the Treasury with contract, well, you can send the one that you just sent him as an amendment to your contract, the one you oh, already okay. sent. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Or you can write a whole new contract. It doesn't matter. Either way will work. Yeah. Long okay. as he's as long as he's agreeing, as long as he's in the contract, you got him. Yeah. Okay. My next question is, uh, whenever you send in the package, are there any things that are that we should be aware of that might get the package returned, like uh, any problems that would um, cause it to be rejected? Uh, no, because they're contracts. Yeah. Uh, uh, think about this, folks. If you send a conditional acceptance to a dozen people, and one of them comes back to you uh, undelivered. They've contracted. Uh, when I did this for the child, the first time I did this, for the child support, right? Uh, I did uh, a child support referee. Her name was Lu- Luann Ballou. Uh She got fired. Uh, a couple came in there with the child support issue. And they had a son whose name was Messiah. Uh, she changed the name from Messiah to James on the child support papers. Oh, yeah, that shit went national. That ended up in the national news. And she ended up getting her ass fired. Uh, yeah, it was a big hoodoo. Uh, but she started a practice uh, in, in, the, in the county just north of us here. Well, when I sent my conditional acceptances out, I sent one to her. And it came back 
uh, undelivered. Uh, or actually, it came back un- unreceived. They'll come back undelivered. They'll come back unreceived. Uh, this one came back unreceived. Uh, when you get uh, anything in the mail, certified mail, uh, you get a little slip in your mailbox, come down to the post office and sign for this. Uh, don't don't acknowledge it at all. Don't go down and say, let me look at that. Because if you do and you don't accept it and sign it, they'll send it back uh, rejected, right? Uh, there's two ways they'll send them back, unreceived and, and rejected. Uh this one came, mine came back unreceived. She didn't even reject it. And I added her in. With, I did UCCs on her. I did the contract with the Treasury. And when Tennessee did their thing and, and got us, uh, Luann Blue was one of the individuals that, that they charged me for or charged my trust for. So even if you even if they don't accept it and it comes back, it's been accepted. It's accepted the minute you hand it to the post office person. Uh, it hadn't, hadn't even left your post office, and the people have already received it. Uh, yeah. So there's none of this. I, I, I get a couple emails a day. Oh, the, uh, the credit card company or the finance company, the the uh, Chrysler Capital rejected my conditional acceptance. No, they didn't. Uh, it may have been returned to you, but it was not rejected. They have That was the dumbest thing they ever could have done. Uh, because what if they could have met the terms of the contract? Not saying that they could, but what if they could have? Uh, that's where they screwed up. Now they, they can't even say, uh, well, we, we tried or... You know, uh, hey, we you know we could have done this. We could have got this. We could have made all these conditions. Doesn't work like that. They once you send it out, it's been it's been received. Go ahead and work it as if they got it and signed for it. You got the green card back with their signature on it. All right. All right. Well, that was my two questions. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. So, uh, Chris, I got a question about mail. What do you think about registered overnight? Oh, like if you're sending it uh, uh, FedEx or something like that overnight? No, U.S. mail registered. Um, maybe not overnight, but like three or four days. Their, their quickest delivery yeah. registered. Registered mail, registered mail is you don't have to do return receipt. Uh, you can send it registered mail. Because when you when you when you when you read the postal rule, folks, uh, uh, you you take yourself out of the equation uh, of of it being lost in the mail. Uh, the the well the the postal service becomes the in, uh, in, implied agent. Well, here, what, what I'm referring to is um, <laughs> if you use registered. Uh, mail overnight to send your claim to the treasury. I apologize. So when you send it to the treasury, they receive it. I think they have to sign for it as well. I just want to make sure they get it. 
Yeah, they're going to sign for it. Register. That's what registered mail is about. You can track registered mail just like you can certified mail return receipt. Overnight. Because here's what's going on now, folks. A lot of people, some people are getting green cards back, but especially the government agencies, uh, they're not... uh, they're not uh, requiring them to sign the green card anymore uh, because the government's so, ooh, COVID, you know. <laughs> I don't want to touch this green card. Dude might have had COVID, you know. Uh, so they don't even make them sign them at government. Uh, governments, they don't even make them sign them anymore. I don't know how long that's going to be. But, see, you you have, if you don't get the green card back, folks, all you got to do is track it. It's going to show you that it's delivered. The Postal Service is going to give you a hard copy or an electronic copy that you can print off. You've got a hard copy uh, it, that is proof that it was delivered there. Uh, it, it made it to the front desk. Uh, it, it's been delivered. <clears throat> so I would, you could send it either way, Tad. Okay. Well, my experience before is that if you send it registered, just normal registered, it can take months before they actually get it. Yeah. And I don't want to wait that long, especially with the crashing economy. Um, yeah. If I get this going, then I'll send it over. Y'all better get this stuff while you can. Yeah, exactly. Okay, 773 area code, go ahead. Hello, guys. Hello. Go ahead. All right. So on the real estate side of things, I've got a scenario that I tried to come up with. Um, I'm the broker acting as the trustee for the buyer. With that being said, I'm seeing a lot of people are running into issues with the title company won't do it or the selling broker won't do it. I What I planned on doing was, as the buyer's agent, drawing up a contract with the buyer themselves and filing the 1099, taking their A and their O, and then I do the OID and the 96 and everything, send it in. Can I do that even if they don't have a property under contract, but just create a client number? That way the funds are sitting in my escrow. Yeah. So when they do, yeah, do find a house to put under contract. Yeah. I was talking to somebody about this just yesterday. And, and okay. that makes perfect sense. Uh, they broke it completely down how they were going to go about it. Uh, I wish I had access to it. Uh, I could have read it. But, yeah. Uh, okay. And here's the thing, too, folks. Uh you got to remember that you guys are going to start buying these properties. Uh, when you do the contract with the seller, you're going to say, uh, "I'm going to buy. Uh, I'm going to buy this house for uh, uh, 150,000 Federal Reserve notes, or or uh, $150,000 in, in, in a, uh, a federal uh, check or Treasury check or whatever." You can also add 21 silver dollars on the contract. And by doing that, you've got, you've got a contract, a, a bill of sale. Uh, you don't even need the title. You don't. Uh, you've got a contract. 
that has way more power than any title ever had. And uh, as far as their, it's like this situation with my friend's building. Uh, well, my building, I should say. Uh, the deal we got, uh, say there was uh, uh, a, a taxes owed. It doesn't matter anymore. Uh, say someone had a, a claim on the property. That doesn't matter anymore. I bought this constitutionally. If you had a claim on my property, I'm sure it wasn't with gold and silver. Right. Uh, so your claim is worthless because Federal Reserve notes are worthless. Right. I do have a follow-up to that just for clarification because okay. I created my own contract because if we don't have a property in mind, let's hypothetically say they want to buy it for $1.2 million. So I go ahead and file everything for them, and the one they make an offer on doesn't go through. So then they find one that's for 900000 Okay. I have in the contract I drew up with them that if they don't use those funds for for the purchase of real estate, then because I don't I guess the way I did it is because I don't want someone to say, yeah, I'm going to buy a one point four million dollar house. And then once I have the funds in my escrow, they say, you know what, I don't feel like buying anymore. I just want to rent. So can you just give me my money? I don't want to run into an issue where, you know, here's the issue. Here's the issue you're going to run into fraud. Okay. Uh, if you uh, get $1.4 million uh, to buy a house and you got it in your escrow and you're looking at a house that's one point two, or you're looking at a house that's uh, 950000 uh, you better get ready to use the rest of that money for improvements. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Or at least the, yes. vast, the vast majority. Uh, well, I bought this house and... I bought it cheaper than what I planned, but you know what? I'm going to put in a $100,000 swimming pool, uh, and I also need a, uh, a barn for my horses. Uh, you know what I mean? And start using right. that money. Because think about it like this. If you buy a house that's 100000 or $950,000, and you put another 400000 in it, well, you got a half, uh, you got a $1.5 million home. Uh, right. Turn around and sell it in a year. Turn around if you want the money, and it not look like a you, you, you know you straight up stole the stuff. Uh, go ahead and put all that money or most of all that money, uh, maybe uh, ex- except maybe twenty percent. Keep twenty percent back because that's what contractors do. They jack everything okay. up twenty percent, and then they pocket the twenty percent. Uh, use all but twenty percent of that. Uh, you know, four hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollars, and to improve it, and, and you know, and then if you want to sell it, keep it for a year, and then sell it. And then you got. Well, let me ask you. Okay, now I'm going to rent. Yeah, now I'm going to go rent something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so how? So let me ask you this: with that being, which makes perfect sense. So, if I have someone that does that. And let's say there's, you know, they purchase something and there's an excess 500000 Um Without me having to cut a check to them for five, I'm just trying to cover CYA so, you know, my business is still, you know, protected. Do I put that in the contract that they're going to use it for that and hold it in my escrow, or do I release the funds to them? Yeah, yeah 80, 80, 80, 80% of the money not used 
and escrow has to go for improvements and upgrades. Imp- Put it in there. Okay. You know, oh, you don't even have to do that. If you said half of it, because, see, you're going to commission some of that, right? Yes. You're going to commission some of that. Say you're going to commission 10 or 15 percent. Uh, uh, you know, you're going to get that, and then the, then then they get 20 percent. They get to keep 20 percent of what's left over, and then the rest has to be. Hey, you guys can figure out how you want to contract. Remember, okay, contracts between two uh, sentient beings have more power than the constitutions do. Uh, remember that when these jokers try to get in your contract. Well, wait a minute. Uh, you know, the judges might be able to say, well, I don't bring that Constitution shit in here. You know, uh, uh, we're not hearing none of that. Well, you, when you when you got a contract, uh, there, there's nobody to tell you you can't bring that Constitution stuff in here. Okay. Uh, that Don't makes perfect sense. Get in between you and your contract with your client, because okay. the client's a, uh, a human. You're going to have them signing shit with the beneficiary signature, and uh, you know you're going to do the same. Uh, yeah, you guys are straight up, straight up humans. Uh, don't let gotcha. anybody get well, the contract. Well, that's all I had. You answered my question. I greatly appreciate it. Okay. Thank okay, you. Okay. Have a good night. Five one eight area code. You're next. Five one eight. Go ahead. Hey Chris, thanks for being here tonight. I have a couple of questions, but I also wanted to just answer your question about the ten ninety nines, the A, B, and C. Uh-huh. Um, from what we found, Office Depot is selling them, but people have to remember to get the B and the C as well. They come in separate packs. So it's like you're buying okay. three separate packages. So you buy the 1099A, a 1099A copy B, 1099A copy C. Okay. And then, right. you know, then you I guess put them you together. stick them all together. Same yeah, thing with the OID. Together. Yeah. So okay. my question is, when buying a car, do we get the bill of sale upon handing over the 1099A or upon receiving the car? Well, you're talking about all the, all the bill of sale. Uh, you should get, yeah. when they get paid, when they get paid, when you're, in the case of buying a, a, an automobile, uh, when they get paid, you should be getting a, a, a what was it, the, the, the CMO in your hand. Uh, frig a title. Uh, when you guys do this stuff with the 1099A, and well, unless you want a title, if you want to stay in the middle of your business and you're going to register the car and all that, get a title. Uh, if you not, if you don't want to do all that, uh, and you understand what it is, what it means to be sovereign and how to act and how to respond to these clowns and put your own tags on the cars and stuff like that, and then get the CMO. And tell them that, look, I'm not registering this in the state of Tennessee. I uh, bought this car in Tennessee, uh, but I'm moving to North Carolina next week. So I want to register this one in North Carolina. They have no problem at all giving you the CMO. Okay. Because a dealership can only register the cars in in their state that they're in. 
I can't register them over in another state. At least not to my understanding what I know from from uh, car salesmen I've known through the years. I've talked about this 10 years ago about not registering cars. It, it depends on how, where you want to go. But when the bill okay. of sale, when when you get the bill of sale, they, it's done. Okay, so that won't be until 45 days later once the 1099 goes through. Yeah, or sooner. Uh, uh, Tad put me on to something there and I, I, a few days ago, and I've been re- researching this. And you can use the standard form 1199-A. Uh, that's for direct deposit, and it doesn't even have to be governmental. Uh, your regular companies you work for use the same form to send your money to your bank from working your job. But Tad was telling me here, I guess it was three or four days ago, about the the 8888. And I got on the on the on the horn here and got to researching it and you could use either one of those uh some people say well do i have to do the 1040v if i do the 1199a uh yeah you do uh it's not you're not using them in lieu of the 1099 or the uh, 1199s or the 888 uh, would these be done, we bring these to, well, I'm sorry, in this case it would be the dealership would have to bring the 1199 to their bank and get the three copies? Yeah. That's when what the direction When you're doing the say. 1199s, it may even be better. It depends on how how you want this to go. If you're doing one of these deals, right, say, say you got a, ba- a dealership that's going to take that 1099A. Oh, yeah, we did this. We, we did this a month ago. Uh, yeah, we'll take that. Matter of fact, what we're going to do is we're going to get a short loan from our our bank to pay for this, and then the 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 eleven ninety nine A is going to go to their account, and they'll send the ten ninety nine A and and the, and the OID and the ninety six and the forty V and the, and all that to the treasury, and then the money will come from the treasury electronically. Bam! It's right in the bank account. They're, they're, the bank is paid back for the money that they loan the dealership to pay for the car. You, if you guys once this gets down and they start doing all this this way, that's how quick it's going to work. You're going to be able to go into a dealership and go, "Hey, I want this car right here." Uh, you're one of those 1099A guys, aren't you? You know, okay, come right in here, uh, pick out, you know, and. And they're they're on the phone. They got a 1099A for you to sign, and they're on the phone with their bank, going, "Hey, man, drop us some money. We just got another one." Uh, it could work just that quick when this stuff goes down. Uh, I, I've had a lot of people uh, uh, saying posts and share posts with me uh, where they're asking, uh, "Well, this is a." This guy's snake oil, and this guy's, uh, you know, none of this stuff works, and blah, blah, blah. They're, they're coming up with all these reasons. Oh, you know, I've, I've heard him argue the case that I, that I wrote. Uh, totally screwed up. Uh, no. You know, one guy said that, that uh, one of the guys that was with us was the Waffle House shooter. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, you're totally lost. 
dude. Uh, it happened about the same time, and the Waffle House shooter was mentioned in the paperwork, but he wasn't in with us, okay? You know, uh, that's how screwed up people have got it, and they're, they're not watching the videos, first off. And if they would, they wouldn't make some of the dumb comments they're making. But that's, that's you know, part of what I've dealt with. And, and the thing is, 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 my phone's about to go, y'all. Okay. Yeah, my phone's about to go, Tad. Okay. Flippity Still there? Well, we appreciate you, Chris. Thank you. Yeah, are you there, Tad? Yes, I'm here. Can I just ask you my last question? Uh, you can. I don't know if anybody's going to answer it. <laughs> you might know. Um I'm okay. wondering if the real estate agents are also capable of taking an escrow, just like the the lady who spoke a few minutes ago, the way she was describing that. If they're not a broker, um, is that something they could do? My guess would be no, because escrow requires licensing and bonding and training and all of that just for that purpose. And that's not what realtors are uh, trained and licensed for. If you're going to be escrow, okay. you've got to be trained as that. That's just my guess from what little experience I have. Okay, thank you. That's very helpful. And just to clarify, was he saying that the bill of sale would be issued to me after I get the car or when I'm handing them the 1099A? Um, or I, I don't recall. Okay, that's all right. All right, thank okay. you. I appreciate your time. Thank you. All right. Okay, everybody, I'm very sorry about uh, the short call, and uh, Chris was, he actually called me earlier today to say that he canceled, he wasn't going to make it, because he didn't have his router up and all that, and then he called back and said, well, I can make it, but it's, it, as long as my battery lasts, so um, I guess one hour is better than nothing, so we did get a lot of questions in. And I apologize. So you guys, please go to youhavetheright.com and join our mailing list so you can be notified of these calls. And thank you very much, and we will see you guys again next week. Good night. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.